We are out here. Fuck y'all talking about. Sophisticated ignorance. Are y'all fucking crazy? That's a fact. Talk are y'all crazy? Yo, y'all get me tight. Like, I be out here trying to be humble. Let's not get fucking crazy. Sophisticated ignorance. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sophisticated Ignorance. I am Vixen J, the one and only host on this here podcast. Uh, today is day blank, blank, blank of quarantine. For those of you who know, I have stopped counting a long time ago. So I don't know what day it is, but we are still in the house and in the house we still are. <laughs> and today we have a very special guest, but before I introduce her, I'm going to just say thank you all for listening. Make sure that you all are well and good and uh, make sure to support the podcast by following us on social media and following the podcast on SoundCloud and Spotify and Google Player, whichever your preferred podcast platform is. So let's get into it. Very special guest today. Um, we follow each other on Instagram through the podcast. Uh, this young lady is very hilarious. <laughs> and uh, I figured I need to have her on the show. So first and foremost, I would like to welcome Casey the Alchemist to the show. Hey Hello. y'all, what's up, listeners? What is up? Oh boy, what's I cannot happening? wait for us to get into this conversation. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, just out here trying to stay sane in day 35,000 of quarantine mania. <laughs> Being locked up. They won't let me out because they won't wear a mask out here in these streets. Oh, girl, if you only knew. <laughs> um, I, I think, so you're in Tennessee, right? Uh, no, I am, I am located in Oklahoma City. Oh. Um, my other two girls are located in Tennessee. One is still in Memphis. One is in Nashville. Um, and so once a month, though, we get together in person to do the live show. Uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yes. The other two BCs of the three BCs. You know what I'm saying? It's simple math, guys. It's one plus two, equals three. <laughs> so we have one third of the three BC podcast. So yes, thank you. How is Oklahoma City doing with the virus and everything going on? Oh, chat. Okay, so you know I'm in Trump Valley down here. Oh, boy. And so you know that we have a lot of um, non-believers out here oh, and yes. people who won't do what they're supposed to do. Mm-mm-mm. And uh, we continue to, I mean, just, we had the first governor get, you know, a, a positive result of COVID. The governor, the leader of the state, tested wow. positive and caught it and still didn't put down some strong mandates and you know now they're trying to get the kids to go in school full time starting next month despite the number of cases that we've had despite the fact that the other day um was a funeral for the first teacher in the city to pass from covid and she only had covid for 10 days oh no wow yeah so if anything your, your city's just trying to get the numbers up. <laughs> They're actively trying to get the numbers up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and I will say at least the mayor, um, I've seen him try, but it's one of those things where people are taking only so much responsibility and accountability for trying to uh, be safe. And then the rest is, well, I'm gonna leave it up to y'all. Oh boy. I don't even know who y'all is, but that sounds very irresponsible. 
<laughs> you know, it's like y'all, y'all, the school districts, you figure that out or, you know, y'all, well, the I will say the business owners, there is some accountability there. It's like, Hey, if you're not safe, we going to come and you get in citations on top of citations. To start off the show, um, I usually do a word of the week. What is one word to describe your week thus far? Oh, let's see. So word of the week for me, the word for me this week is, um, transformative Ooh. trying to decide between transcendental and transformative so my birthday is saturday okay so i will be transforming from 46 to 47 you know which can't is a new it. thing can't, can't see the 47 47. at all ladies and gentlemen if you see this girl's <laughs> face i'm telling you right now it's so funny because even before we started recording i thought you were my age because i am i am oh, early okay. 30s no, this sister girl is on up there. She knocking on 50. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. <laughs> but, you know, uh, my secret is I keep vampire hours. Okay. And I drink a ton of water. Um, and I do indulge myself what I want. I don't believe necessarily in deprivation. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I've tried the diets and only eating this or only drinking that. And you know what? When you are unhappy from depriving yourself, it shows all in your skin, all in your face. Uh -huh. Don't do it. Right. Don't do it. That that inside out thing is the glow from being satisfied. Especially when you're hungry. It can show all in your face. Just just a big old <laughs> frown. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it, it's very evident, you know, that you need to change it up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shoot, don't walk around here trying to be thin or trying to be this and that, and you're just unhappy on the inside. Girl, eat that cake. Eat it. Right. That's a mood. That's a t-shirt. I, I totally yeah. agree. You got cake? <laughs> eat it. Love. <laughs> That's your new model, I think girl. I might put that on the shirt. Girl, eat that cake. <laughs> you better eat that cake. Oh, oh. Look, as a foodie myself, I heartedly agree. <laughs> like be, you know what be, be whatever size you want, as long as you, there's a difference between being healthy and being fit, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you could be, you could be healthy in the sense of what you eat, but girl, eat. Come on now. Don't do that. Nourish <laughs> your body. Who are you starving yourself for? Who, who out here? <laughs> Child. Talk about it. <laughs> Talk about it. Nobody worth starving for these days, for sure. <laughs> I promise you, it is not. And you got to be with yourself 24-7. Mm -hmm. Be content with yourself. Trust. I started doing yoga again, like, more actively okay. um, late last month. But that's a thing that I've loved for a really long time. And I do it because I love it. Not because I want to be thin or I want to be this or that, you know, now that is a great side benefit of it. Right. But also I suffer from um, anxiety as well. And yoga has been really great to keep my mind from racing and doing a lot of uh, worst case scenarios whenever mm -hmm. things pop up and just giving me the space to take some time because one of the biggest things about yoga is pranayama and that's breathing and so you figure out when you're on the floor and your body is contorted when it hurts that's when you enter the pose right. not when you get in the pose it's <laughs> when it hurts and when it's uncomfortable that's when you get into the pose that's when you're there and you learn to breathe and then you learn how to apply that in the rest of your life mm. 
you know, this situation is uncomfortable. I'm unhappy. I don't like it. Instead of freaking out, let me breathe. Let me breathe deeper. Let me breathe harder until I can work this thing out. Right. No, I love that. I love that. I tried. <laughs> um, so I work from home and uh, there was a part of quarantine where uh, they were urging people in the company to like do like workouts from home and join other coworkers and doing it through Zoom. And it was one uh, session that I tried uh, with the yoga and I am, I am very much not flexible. <laughs> I'm, I a, I'm a six foot tall black man that uh, can barely touch his toes, much less get into all these positions. So um, fortunately, the way that my computer is set up, uh, there was times where we had to like get on the floor and do some stuff. And when I tell you, I just sat on the floor and they couldn't see me and I just laid down like, oh no, I can't do this. <laughs> And when they said get back up, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, right. I was doing the stretches the whole time. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to tell you, that is, we, we address that in class too. And that is okay because one of the most important things when you're practicing yoga, take what you need, leave what you don't. Mm -hmm. If that pose did not serve you in that moment, that's okay. You know. This time you take a knee. Maybe next time you give it a try. Maybe next time you fully get into it. <laughs> Either way, it's your practice. And your practice is personal at the end of the day. Nobody's judging you or grading you. Honey, if you got to sit there in child's pose or downward dog, or if you just want to sit there and kind of contemplate and deep breathe for a second, okay, cool. When they get into a pose you want to do, get into that one because that one serves you. Mm, I wish somebody would have told me that because I was in straight plank, girl. Straight plank <laughs> <laughs> for most of the session, just flat out. That was my pose. <laughs> Let's see. My word for the week will be listening. Uh, mm. I've been, I've been recently, I've had, I have had a lot of friends who are going through a lot of things just in the sense of either not really quarantine related, but I know uh, I realized that a lot of my friends are, embarking in new chapters so for example there's a few friends of mine who are getting back into grad school right they're mm -hmm. taking grad classes they're doing that so i've been there as a means of helping them with their work now granted i'm not doing the work but i'm helping them in the sense of just being a person as company right so mm -hmm. we would like set up a video call and i'll just be on the phone with them while they're doing the work for example and that's just one example of me kind of just listening and being there for them. Uh, I have other friends where, you know, they're going through issues and I'm just sitting there listening. So I've been doing a lot of listening lately, which is really a good practice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, especially mm -hmm. with everything that's going on. I think it's good to take a step back, listen, and, you know, reassess things. So I'm, I'm really happy that I'm strengthening my listening skills, <laughs> especially now where there's so much voices coming all around you, you know? I think it's a good practice. You know, I think that's such an important quality um, in a human being, first and foremost. And then also in a man. I have a guy friend uh, that I adore. Um, and for a while, I kind of considered, would he be a good partner? Mm. You know, he has a lot of great qualities that I like. He cooks. He cooks well. Oh. Number one. Girl, you have me a cook. Well, that's your man now. Okay, good job. Right? <laughs> What's next? <laughs> really like that in a man. <laughs> and uh, he's very 
emotionally intelligent, right? Mm, that's important too, yes. But what I found is when I wanted to talk to him about things, even just to get something off my chest, he comes in immediately with diagnosis and solution. Mm, yep. And I want that. That's not what I need right now. What I need is just for you to listen and just let me say this, this, and this and get it off my chest. You can say, you know, it'll be okay. Something, something, but please don't. And I, I understand that that's, that's men, you know, they're problem solvers, they're fixers, you know, that's really part of providing, you know, when I provide, it's not just financially, it's I provide in this way emotionally as well, but that's... I needed him to provide in a different way. kind of way. Mm -hmm. And, and it just became frustrating that every time I would have a conversation with him, he's trying to solve or fix. For sure. And so I knew then that, okay, well, in addition to this delicious food that I know he, <laughs> you know, I have this need here that I know is not going to get met. And so we're going to have to just leave it at just friends right? because I need this kind of support in a partner. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually have two friends, two homegirls that went through a similar situation where the one homegirl was going through some things and she just needed someone to talk to, right? So she calls mm -hmm. a homegirl and she starts venting respectfully and the homegirl's trying to diagnose and solve, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, and she has to tell her straight up like, look, hey, this is not what this call's about, girl. I just need you to listen to me. <laughs> like, I just need yeah. an ear. <laughs> I need a friend. <laughs> and you were trying to doctor fill me and girl, we ain't got time for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, please, please don't eat y'all me right now. Just hear me out. Right. Don't fix my life and hear my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> Thing. It's so it's, real. Thing. It is. It is. No, it is exhausting. But I think outside of just men, I think that's human nature for most people to like hear someone going through something and like there's a discomfort in the person mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, I don't want to see my friend be hurt. I don't want to see my friend going through something. So let me try to help and quote unquote solve the problem. And it's just like, well, girl, if I ask you to solve it, then <laughs> like why be talking? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Right. You know, and, and that's very true. Um you, you don't want your friend to be hurting or uncomfortable. And so that's kind of your go-to is, oh, let me comfort you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and try to make you feel better. But sometimes making me feel better looks like just hearing me out. Correct. Absolutely. And that goes all the way back to listening. And I think that's one of my, like, I really pride myself on practicing listening because I think in the past I used to be that person, Mr. Fix-It, got to listen to mm -hmm. the problem, got to try to solve it. And I low-key feel like I get that from my dad because he's just, mm. he's an automatic problem solver. So mm -hmm. um, he, he's less less listening. Well, he would listen, but as I said, he's very action forward. So, mm -hmm. you know, some people, for some people that's necessary or it works, but for others, you just need to listen. <laughs> I think if, it's a practice. You can't just naturally know how to listen. You have to practice it. So, yeah, yes. I mean, I'm really happy that I'm able to be that for my friends who need an ear, you know, and... Mm -hmm. And once again, it's really just important to practice that. It's even with yourself, you know, like if you just listen to yourself instead of trying to like, you know, run around and try to solve everything, then you'll be in a bunch of better space. You know what I mean? So let's get into our next segment real quick before we get into our main topic. So the next segment real quick is here for it, over it. So um, oh, on your end, you could just think of one thing that made you excited or happy for the week. It could be a news related thing or personal and then think of one thing that just, you know, got you kind of pissed off a little bit or you're just kind of over it. Something that I am here for this week. Uh, 
I am definitely here for my birthday. Yes. Uh, I am here for Libra season. <laughs> um, <laughs> and on the outside of me, I am here for sisterhood. Um, I've seen a lot of that lately. So with the, I mean, yoga teacher training as well. And so with the group of, of ladies that I do that with, you know, we are a group of weird hippie strangers that landed in the same place at the same time with the same goal. But at the, at the same time, we were still just strangers. Mm. And this, this past weekend, we had something happen. And so, you know, we, we had to be very open and very vulnerable with each other. And then it, it brought us closer. And then I was really able to see how, you know, we are different ethnicities and we are different ages and we have different but similar backgrounds. And so we all had to kind of unite around each other and really form a sisterhood. Mm -hmm. And I am all about sisterhood. I am very thankful that I've gone from being the kind of person who would say, you know, oh, I don't have a whole lot of female friends. I got maybe like two, to being able to appreciate building a community of women that I have mutual love and respect for. Because the sisterhood, a sisterhood is what brought me to 3BC and sisterhood is what you hear on 3BC. Oh, yes. You know, I can tell. We, yeah. we grew up together. We went to the same schools. You know, we've known each other for well over 30 years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And so, and so that's what you hear when, when you listen to us. And because we can be sisters and we can be open and we can fuss with each other or disagree with each other and still come back, you know, that's a blessing to be able to get to that place. Right. Um, something I am not here for this week. Now, I don't know how true it is. And I don't know the full story. But before we started... I saw something about Ice Cube. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Working with the Trump administration. Oh, uh, so, uh, you, took, uh, you took it right from my mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, I was a teenager in the early 90s. Mm. So I was a teenager when NWA first bust out onto the scene. And I've been an Ice Cube fan for a long time. But then, you know, as I got older and, and started to stand in my black womanhood, um, I saw all the ways in which the things that he would say was fucked up. Oh, wow. You know, and very degrading to, to us as black women. And it's like, okay, well, I hope that he's grown. And, you know, because I know who I was in the early 90s and what I was like, and we can all, we can all move from point A to point B with mm. growth and, and time, uh, if we so choose. And he said some anti-Semitic things. Now mm. I'm a Jew, right? And so- mm, Right, cringy. That hurt a little bit too, mm -hmm. you know, but okay. Well, you know what, Ice Cube, you're not the only person who said something anti-Semitic this year, right. last year, in the last 10, 20 years. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna just let you do your thing. Right. But then I saw you. this today. Right. Now, fool me once, shame <laughs> on you. Fool me twice, shame on you too. Fool me three times by working with this dumb orange demon. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to see me. <laughs> right. You're going to have to see me. I don't have any more forgiveness left. Absolutely not. I think the only thing that's grown about Ice Cube is his beard. <laughs> that's the only you know, thing. 
because I watched the funny enough I'm I'm on Twitter and I watched the video I watched the video mm-hmm. that he posted and I I actually listened I didn't allow the news to immediately like bleed my judgment but I watched the mm-hmm. video and the only points that he brought up which were like okay that makes sense as a matter of okay us as a black community we need to like do for ourselves and look after ourselves and stuff like that and politicians don't necessarily have our interest in heart Fair. okay cool cool cool. i can agree with that nobody in this chat will disagree <laughs> not at all right but then understand. but then what really got me was when he was saying something about how oh the um the republicans put in a certain amount of money into a plan that they're promoting and he's willing to like sit down with them or he either he was willing to or he's going to sit down with them to, to see what they're offering or what they're talking about. And the statement that really got me was when he was saying, oh, well, us as black people, um, they say that we can't do another four years of this, but we've been through worse or something to that effect. We've either been through worse or if, we, if we've gotten through four years of this, then we can certainly do it again. And I'm just like, not me. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> like, I, I didn't even no, want to do it the first me. time. <laughs> like, <laughs> By we, you mean that mouse in your pocket? Because I know you're talk, not talking about me. Right. It's like, I don't know who, who signed up or who signed up for this to say, right. I love these four years. Keep them coming. Because <laughs> no, thank you, ma'am. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and, and Ice Cube, let's, let's think about the 200,000 plus people who are not here now to do it again because they have passed away from COVID because this man did not do what he was supposed to do. He and his administration were grossly negligent at the start of COVID. Absolutely. And so now lives have been lost and these people are no longer with us to do these four years again. Yeah. So no, sir, we cannot. It's, it's, it's very disappointing. And I just, you know, obviously the internet is, is certainly up in arms about it. These past four years, if anything, has shown the true colors of most of these celebrities. And granted, yes. you know, you, you take their influence with a grain of salt for the most part, but it's just like someone like Ice Cube, considering his history, mm-hmm. considering what he stood for, you mm-hmm. know, for him to kind of get to this point, it's just like we can't afford, you know, we, I mean, granted, yes, the toxic stuff that he said before is never okay. But especially now more than ever, you know, we just can't right. afford to have someone like him of such a stature. No. To kind of like we already lost Kanye, you know, for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful family, beautiful kids, but in the sense of Kanye, he's he's all the way over there. <laughs> so you know, okay, we, we Kanye's can, off the deep end, right? We we can't afford anybody else to to start flying to the other side. It's just things. There's too much at stake. You know what I mean? You know, and we have we as a people. First of all, let me say uh, that these views expressed. <laughs> Solely belong to Casey the Alchemist. That's fine. <laughs> not represent three BC podcasts. Okay, these these views and opinions are my own. Well, depending on what you say, girl, I might agree. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so you can take it, but I might I might cosign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've lost a lot this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've lost Kobe. Right. We've lost John Lewis. Mm-hmm. We've lost a lot of great, significant black people this year. Chadwick Boseman as well. Yes. You all are living. We need all the bodies that we can get. Mm-hmm. You know, Kanye, come back. I will forgive you <laughs> if you come back and mean it. 
You know, I know that sounds like uh, someone in a very bad relationship, (laughs) you know, as a black person, as a black person who loved his music, um, as a, I used to be um, a member of the church where his grandfather was also a member. This is during the time when I was still uh, practicing Christian, you know, I really do want him to come to his senses and actually truly work in the best interest of black people. Right. I really do. And, and you're the running for president thing is not the way. Not the way. It's not the way, <laughs> but I can see how you got there. Right. Um, Ice Cube, we early voting has started. Yes, it's, it has. it's not the time. It's not the time. It is getting you know? dangerously close. <laughs> like we, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> We, we, people are voting, sir. They're out here. Mm-hmm. They, they are showing up. My sister in, in Georgia waited in line six hours with wow. her kids. You know, they're over 18 to vote yesterday. That's real. If, mm-hmm. if you have a strategy, can you wait till after the election, please? Please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can you at least see who's going to win? Please don't, don't now try to come up with well, now you want to do this thing because politicians haven't done it. Okay, well, let's see who wins. Right. And and right now, can you just encourage people to not vote for the man who had children locked up in cages? That's all I'm asking. Mm-hmm. At least. At the very least. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, as Vixen from Sophisticated Ignorance approves your message. <laughs> <laughs> I back at 1,000%, second that notion. <laughs> Absolutely agree with all of that. Yeah, it's it is it's a wild time. But speaking of the thing I'm here for this week, I don't know if you watched the vice presidential uh, debate. Yeah, sister Kamala Harris came through Woo! with the looks, came through with the points, came through with the I'm speaking, all of it. Love to see it, love to hear it, and it just goes to show that you know even as black women in this country, I think regardless of how she presented herself that night. You know, mm-hmm. obviously the pundits and stuff were always going to paint a picture of, oh, she's to this and oh, she's to that or mm-hmm. not enough and not enough. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, she's running for the vice president. She represents the party and she's the running mate of Joe Biden. Right. So she's going to have her own stances and she's going to come through with her stances. And I think that level of strength that she displayed is something that, you know, we need more than ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was, it was funny enough because I was talking to people about Pence and I sat there thinking like, what was the most significant thing that he's ever said? Like, he's not quotable at all. I can't even think of one quote from Pence to say like, oh yes, remember when he said, oh, wait a minute. When, when did he, okay. I, I can't even remember. Did he, does he even talk? <laughs> like, <laughs> not, like that debate was the most I've ever heard him talk in, in all these four years. In all the four years. <laughs> And it was truly just word vomit. Right. Like, you, did you say anything? Like, like I, oh, wait, I think, I, didn't he say, like, systemic racism is a real, that's probably the only thing I remember that right. he said. Outside of the fly. That was the only thing that stood out. Yeah. <laughs> the fly, when, when a fly makes a bigger impact than you, you need to check yourself. Right. You need to look in the mirror and say, what is my life? (laughs) Well, you know what they say, flies are attracted to shit. So if that's not a sign. (laughs) Found a big old pile of it right there on that stage. And then I saw, um, was it, was it, uh, what's her name? 
I usually just call her ACB because I try not to give people energy mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. don't warrant it. With the fly on her shoulder yep. that's been floating around. They were like, the fly made another appearance this week. Hey, the fly, the fly is in more news than anybody else this week. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like that one fly. It was like, look, we're going to squat up. Right. We're going to go out and we're going to say what's what because they whole party is full of shit. Right. It is all hands on deck. It's all wings on deck. It's all antennas on deck. <laughs> like, we ain't got time for the games. <laughs> like, we've also <laughs> suffered these four years. We need to be heard right. and seen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know about y'all humans, but us flies, we have had it. We have right? enough. <laughs> it is our time to speak. Yes. I'm speaking. Y'all don't got this. <laughs> right. I'm flying and I'm speaking. Okay. <laughs> you know, that fly, I mean, my God, when I saw that, I was, you know, you know, you do that double take, like, is that? Yeah. Is that really? Bro, I know you heard it at the very least. I know you heard it. Yeah. His hair can't be that dense that he couldn't feel it either. Come on. <laughs> Come on. But oh my gosh, when I tell you I was rolling. But you know, that I guess that's another thing that I was not here for after the debate. Lakeith Stanfield, mm. he of the dirty fingernails, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. say out of all of that, he didn't like Kamala's hair. Oh gosh. I didn't even hear about that, but that's ridiculous. Yes. The same night. And he took a picture of himself in a terrible wig and did a side-by-side of him in the wig with her and posted it on the social media. And it's like, you know, we work so hard to love you despite your problematic behavior. Mm -hmm. Why would you do this? You know, what, what did it serve? What was it necessary? Was it kind? And who did it serve? Sir, that's something for your group chat. That's not something for your social media. And even then, it's just like, but why? You know? Yes, but why? Some thoughts just deserve to stay in the brain, never leave the mouth, never leave the hands. You know? I I mean, yeah, that doesn't serve anyone. That's unfortunate. And and it's always always your low-key favorites. You know? It's always the ones that's like, I wouldn't expect this from this person. And then look at the disappointment. (laughs) It's... You know, it... As women, especially as black women, we do, I know it doesn't appear that way sometimes. We do try our best not to bash mm-hmm. black men, but we have to bash the ones that ask for it. You set it up. Right. You know, we just put it through the hoop. I think it's less bashing and more holding accountable, right? And look, I am on team men are trash, girl. Like, Because <laughs> <laughs> I have to call it like I see it. I mean, there's been many examples in these past couple of months that have proven the point and i as a man could sit here and recognize when this is not okay or certain actions are not cool or it goes against our community so i can full-heartedly say and all my friends know me so well i say men are trash all the time <laughs> like yeah. without fail and and, and that's I not thought... saying like we are all like just you know horrible people as men right but is at the same time as like call it for what it is you know you, you call it for what it is and you you just hold that person to task. And and you have to, because that kind of thing has to be called out. You know, you, I don't know if he said something about Pence mm-hmm. because Pence would have warranted any sort of criticism. Right. It's you chose the black woman who was eloquent, intelligent, composed, graceful, firm, came with facts. 
you chose her aesthetic to bash of all the things right of all the things so sorry bro you you deserve the dragging that, that came with that oh right you know I, I saw a thing uh a few weeks ago that said i don't like men i'm attracted to men mm. <laughs> i'm like i feel that I, I <laughs> you feel felt that. that in your spirit <laughs> yes <laughs> Because men make it so hard sometimes. Funny enough, Cardi B just said, and that's a whole situation itself. We're not going to get into that. But Cardi B was recently <laughs> saying about her divorce from Offset because allegedly that's not a thing anymore. But she said something that really just hit the mood where it was like, you know, Offset, he was a dumbass, but he's not a bad man. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> look at that. Points. Look at the facts. Most men are just dumb. They're not necessarily bad. You know, I could take that. I could take that because that is, you know, when you're, even when you talk about husbands who do things that are not cheating, because mm -hmm. I, I do put cheating in a completely different category. And then serial cheating is a whole nother box of evil, right. you know, but that aside, yes, there are men who are good and they just do dumb shit. Correct. You know, and, and I, I do feel like I need to offer a disclaimer that as a woman, no, we are not perfect. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I could give you a laundry list of the trash things that I have done <laughs> over the years, Same. growing from a young adult, you know, into, I'm not, I don't consider myself middle age, so fuck that. No. But we'll just say the age I am now, pre-50, right, right, right. you know, matter of fact, it took me probably, um, until my late 30s to really start to remove the lingering things to take a real hard look at myself mm -hmm. and the person that I had been overall in relationships not just this relationship or that relationship but overall and to really root out the things or at least be honest about the things um, that I was doing in relationships that contributed to them falling apart right um, and so I'm not saying that it's just men. I'm saying we're on the topic of men right now. So that's where I'm speaking from. Of course. Of so course. men, please don't get offended by that. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure they'll be fine. Well, they have they have no <laughs> choice but to be. <laughs> but it's so funny. It's funny that this is like the perfect segue to talk about relationship fears, right? Uh, what are What are those and what do they look like? in this day and age, especially now where I don't know about you, but dating right now is very, Woo! very scary. <laughs> Lay, honey. It is frightening, sis. Frightening. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is it is such a challenge. Um and you know, I just want to kind of start off with uh, what do you feel like are some common fears for you and for others that you've talked to about entering a relationship these days? Um I could tell you one of the lingering fears you know, that's been consistent that I've carried from relationship to relationship is the fear of being abandoned. Mm, mm -hmm. um, and that fear caused me to self-sabotage the few good relationships that I've been in, you know, never mind the bad ones, they were going to implode on their own. Right. But, you know, the, the few good ones that I've had, that fear of waiting for you to leave definitely caused me to act out and maybe push, um, someone to leave sooner or just leave in general where they had wanted to stay. Mm. Um, I've, I've reconciled that 
through therapy. Um, my biological parents are divorced. Uh, my biological father was in and out of my life for a long time. Um, and then finally, one day, I just had to have the courage to say, you just got to go and stay gone right. and just leave it at that because this is fucking me up. The more you're in and out, you know, the less stable my internal world is. Right. And I see how it's manifesting. And I'm getting into a lot of unhealthy relationships. Um and then I'm acting out in unhealthy ways. Mm -hmm. So we just got to part ways, you know. Um, I think one other fear that probably was around for a long time was not because I've, I've gone through emotional abuse um, and mental abuse. And so when you when you've experienced that, you definitely carry it with you. And so right. you definitely act in ways outside of your, your true self. Um, and so then when, you, when you're with a person who is whole and healthy and, and you've got this that you, you carry with you, you worry about, am I good enough? Mm. You know, or am I going to damage him? Or is he going to look at me and say, oh, no, she's too fucked up. I can't be with her. Right. Um, I don't know how far back you listened on the on our show, but my ex is on two of the episodes on polyamory mm. and uh, one of my exes. And he is a very well put together black man. He is, you know, his successful career, working on a doctorate, emotionally intelligent, just he checks all of the boxes. I'll say that he checks all of the boxes. And so with him, I carried this fear of, am I smart enough? Am I pretty enough? Gotcha. Am I thin enough? You know, or am I physically attractive enough? Because he didn't care about my weight. But, you know, he's, he works out and he's all about being fit and eating healthy. You know, he's, he's a vegetarian. I'm carnivorous. <laughs> you know? You're about eating the cake whenever you want, right? <laughs> yes, whenever you want. Like, what is this? Tofu? Boy, bye. Right. Uh, oh. Fake me. <laughs> oh, girl. Like this ain't going to work for me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And so then that fear that he would, he would see just the broken me mm. worked itself into our relationship. And eventually we did not break up because of that. Um, we broke up because of. I don't want to put his business in the streets, but um, you can paraphrase. We carried matching demons. Ah, okay, I can understand that, and I'm pretty sure our audience can understand that. Yeah, too, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> where y'all just going you know, toe to toe. Yeah. And and where I was, I am a loving person. You know, um, I grew up in South Memphis, and so loyalty for me is a huge thing. And so he was with me meant that he was with me. And I was always going to love him, no matter how flawed he was or no matter how imperfect he saw himself being. I was always going to ride for this man, mm -hmm. you know, but it was not something that he was ready for. Right. You know, and I don't I don't mean that in a negative way, because because he's so emotionally intelligent, he could say to me, you know, at the time that we were breaking up that he didn't want me to be in an unhealthy place because of the things that he was going through. Mm. 
And so he felt it was better to end the relationship. And I mean, it was very mature. It was very thoughtful. It was very considerate. And so we don't have any hard feelings. I don't have any hard, my, I mean, my heart was broken, Before. but I don't have any hard feelings. I still love him very, very much. But the only reason that we don't communicate is because I still love him very, very much. Right, right. The feelings <laughs> are still there. Absolutely. Oh, girl. A yeah. mirror. A whole mirror. I can completely understand. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm always here for him if he needs me. And, and I will always consider us to be friends. But because now um, that breakup has activated that fear of if, if the stars were to align and he wanted to get back together, I could not because I would have that fear that he would leave me again. Yeah. And that's a, that's a natural fear to have, especially, you know, you feel like you're not up to his standards. Right. And mm -hmm. even though he never necessarily said it, but mm -mm. in your eyes, right. It's all about how you see yourself. It's all about how you view yourself with him. Right. And you're mm -hmm. seeing him in this light and then you're seeing yourself in that light and you're comparing mm -hmm. it. Right. And even though once again, he's not, saying anything or or expressing himself in a way to where it's like oh no you're just not what i'm looking for you've already put mm -hmm. that in yourself so you're already walking in to the relationship with a sense of imbalance you mm -hmm. know? and i think a lot of people do that they they look for a partner they see everything about them all the boxes are checked and then it's just like oh no this person's too perfect what's wrong mm -hmm. what's going on you know <laughs> like this mm -hmm. is too good to be true i don't deserve right and deserve is the number one answer on the board right it's like i don't deserve yeah. this Right. And that's an, and that's probably one of the big fears there. Like it's a fear of deserving better from mm -hmm. what you've had before. Right. And for me, uh, I, you know, in the sense of relating with you, I was in a relationship with someone uh, who, you know, who had been through a lot in their life. But when I met them, they were kind of getting out of it and getting to a better space. And for me, I was also getting out of a relationship myself. And, you know, we both kind of met at a time where we were both kind of, in between certain things and you know the relationship was amazing it lasted two years uh mm. we recently broke up last year and you know it, it came to a point where it was and it was a long distance relationship too which also kind That's of played so a, a huge role right um the, and as i told everyone at the time it was like there was nothing wrong with me and her together like me and her were perfect everything was great it was just the circumstances it was the distance it was you know finances mm -hmm. it was all these things and it came to a head where um, a decision had to be made whether like, hey, are you coming, are you coming my way in order to, you know, start this life together or, you know, with everything that you have going on. And it wasn't like bad things. It was like, you know, I was getting my career in order and, you know, my family is here and all these things. You know, yeah. for me, it was kind of hard to separate myself from that in order to pursue this relationship. And I think for me at that time, that was a fear for me. It was like the fear of sacrificing or removing myself from a level of comfort in order to compensate for this person. And even they called it out themselves. They were like, Hey, look, I wouldn't want you to, you know, do all of this for the sake of the relationship. And then you start the resentment and you start hating me and all these things, not because that's something that you may do, but that's just the nature of how certain people, you know, may react by doing all of that right and it could yeah. certainly bubble up later in the relationship where it's like oh i did all this and i moved and i sacrificed and i gave up all this for you and now you know what i'm saying like you're getting on my back and you know those things are seeds that can certainly mm -hmm. grow in a relationship and i appreciate her calling that out in a sense because even though 
in the front of my mind, I know that that's probably not how I would have reacted subconsciously. That could have been a thing too, right? And it was just a matter of mm-hmm. inserting logic into it. So, you know, when we broke up, it was it wasn't like hard feelings or anything. And there was a point in time, like afterwards, where I guess I was masking the fact that I was heartbroken because I, on, like, I automatically moved on, not necessarily into another relationship, just more giving myself time, kind of being single, playing the field. And all the while she ended up moving forward with someone else and now fast forward, you know, she's, you know, living her life with her new man and stuff like that. And that's great. I'm happy for her. Uh, There's a part of me that feels that, oh, well, what if I had made that decision? What if I had moved? Like things would have been different, but I don't want to hold on to that because things Mm -hmm. shaped out for how they were for a reason. So all that to say, you know, sometimes our own trajectory in life may put us in a place where we don't want to change that up for anyone. And that fear of, I guess, stepping outside of your comfort zone in a sense is something Mm -hmm. that, you know, may hold relationships back for certain people. And, you know, we experience it all the time, whether it's our standards, uh, we don't want to, a part of me, uh, I personally don't like being judged in relationships. Mm, So, you know, I'm afraid that if I get into a new relationship or start to get someone if I start to get to know someone new, right, and in the spirit of honesty and transparency, I do want to be forthcoming, I'm afraid of potentially being judged by that person and my and my baggage, and that person kind of mm-hmm. see me in a completely different way, which is not necessarily the case. Because I've been through a lot in the past, and I've worked through it, and now I'm getting to this point where, you know, I'm settled with myself, and I know that the mistakes and stuff that I've done in the past, you know, can't be undone, Right. But I would want someone that I am getting to know or someone that I am pursuing to know that, hey, look, this is my past. These are the things I've done. Not proud of it, but I've grown from it. And now I want to kind of put those things behind me and move forward. Right. But certain people internalize those things in their head and it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I see that you're different. But then what about that one thing you did? And what if that comes up again? And then they kind of start breaking down all these things. And that's my personal fear these days that someone's going to kind of pick apart the things that I tell them and that's going to kind of live in their mind rent free to the point mm-hmm. where if they even see an inkling of something repeating. Now it's like, Oh, see, I knew this was going to happen because you've done it before yeah. and it's a pattern. And you know, yeah. and on top of that, I'm an overthinker. So already my mind's already, <laughs> my mind's already going 15 miles an hour or, or whatever, or very fast when it comes to those type of thoughts. But that's one of my fears for sure. It's, you know, I'm doing my best to kind of manage it. And, you know, right now in the sense of dating, I'm I'm taking it slow because once again, times are a little weird right now <laughs> for that. <laughs> a little weird for dating. Yeah. So, yeah. But you no. know, I had a friend um, who lived out there. He lived in the Bronx. Um, and he was, he was a podcast producer. Uh, he doesn't do podcasts anymore, so I, I feel comfortable outing him. <laughs> he used to be a producer for Memphis Bleak's Ducey podcast, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but he met a young lady who was um, from Seattle, and she was out in New York on vacation, and they met, and they had a relationship over however many months. And then eventually he moved out to Washington to be with her. And I asked him, you know, are you, are you scared? You've not been out of New York like that before. You'll be away from your family. You'll be completely, I hate to use the word dependent, but that's kind of what it is. 
Right. You know, you're because you're dependent on her for support, and I don't mean that in a financial sense. I mean that in an emotional sense. And her friends are your friends now. You don't have a group of friends. Um, because I experienced that when I moved here to Oklahoma City, my ex, um, my long-term ex, his friends are my friends. You know, I'm surrounded by his family. I don't have a group, um, depending on him for some key things as far as emotional support and at that time, shelter and, you know, it's like their world becomes your world and you have to build. And if something happens, then you're just kind of out there on your own. Absolutely. But the last time that he and I spoke, he was, he was doing well and that works for some people. I had never been in a situation to where I moved somewhere and I was wholly reliant on the other person to be such a significant part of my world. It was always, I'm good, I got my own. I can pick up and be just fine if me and you don't work out. Anthony and I, our relationship was long distance and I would see him once, once a month. And at that time it worked for me because when my long-term ex and I broke up, like for good, because we had a lot of breakups to make up. Uh, and so at that point, when he came to my life, I'd been single and celibate for two and a half years. Oh, wow. Okay. And I'd been living on my own again, because um, my ex, when I first moved here, we lived together for about three years. And then I got my own place. Um, and then I bought a house. And so I've been on my own again for several years mm. at that point. And so seeing each other once a month worked for me because you're not here to be in my face every day. I don't have to worry about being responsible for my part of the relationship in a, in a real way because we could talk, we email, you know, and then I'll see you once a month and you'll go home and then we'll start that cycle all over again. But then I got used to being someone's partner. Right. And then um, we broke up. And then very soon after that, I got into another relationship. And that, that one lasted nine months. And I knew probably at month six that I wanted out. Mm. But I made a commitment, you know, and it was, it was all the things that I had been afraid of because we lived in the same city. We lived within 15 minutes of each other. We went from a couple of dates to now we're together every day, all the time. Right. And it just became too much togetherness and I didn't uh, have any space. And that's another fear for me being on my own. I like my, my alone time, my me time, you sure. know, and I also have kids. They're older, you know, but I do have children still in the house. And it's like, it's too much, it's too much, it's too much. Right, right, right. You know, your kids, it's you, then you got this person yeah. next and to you kid. in proximity, and, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I need you to not be around me so much, and I need you to not take that personally. But that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. You know, he took it personally. Sure. And then there were some other factors, but I had to pull the trigger on the breakup. And so now at this point, I've been single and celibate again for, we're coming up on two years. Okay. Yeah. So, so we'll see if two, two and a half years is, is the marker for when someone new enters my life. Right. I don't that know. That seems to be the cycle <laughs> every two years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, you know, you, you just have to work through all the time 
whatever way it is, are you going to accept me as I am? Are you going to accept that there are days when I just need to be by myself? We can talk on the phone. We can communicate. I need you to accept that I don't want to be in your space. Mm -hmm. I want to share space with you. I want to communicate with you. I want to hear about your day. I want to talk about my day, but I don't want to do that in person necessarily. Right. Yeah. I want to be able to get off the phone and I want to go sit in the tub for four hours if that's the thing that I want to do. As one should. Oh, girl, I'm about to get in the tub soon myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, funny, funny enough, speaking of space, I planned a staycation for myself that's going to be happening soon. By the time this comes out, it'll probably have already passed. But um, I'm planning a staycation for myself because personally, I just feel like I need to do a little bit of self-care, self-love. You know yes. I mean? And then on top of that, it's just, you know, it'll be outside of my space. And it'll be all me. And I know for me, for a long time, so I've been, as people would say, a serial monogamous, right? I kind of lily padded mm. from relationship to relationship. Because at, because in the beginning, in my early relationship years, my first relationship was in college. Uh, and I honestly didn't see it coming. Because before that, you know, in high school, like, nobody was really checking for me. And then uh, college, I got my into my first relationship. And at that time, I knew that I was latching on to people for that level of validation right mm -hmm. because i think that was a fear of mine it was like i had a fear of not being validated right so mm -hmm. anybody that would like flash me a smile or hug me or say hey fix it, you're so cool like i automatically like zoop like zoop to them like a sponge to water you know and yeah you know in the early er, years of me being in relationships that was pretty much the reason why I think that was like the underlying reason why I got into those relationships because it was like, oh, somebody that actually likes me. Oh, well, I have to like them back without even factoring in, oh, this person might not be good for me, you know, not really fully getting to know them. I was just enamored with that person, seeing me for who I was and outside of everything else. And it, it, it came to a point where as I was jumping from relationship to relationship with little time in between to even kind of like take time for self or to bounce back, I realized that the fear of being alone, oh, no, sorry, the fear of being lonely because there's a difference between alone and lonely, right? And mm -hmm. for me, yeah. it was the fear of being lonely. I was afraid that nobody would see me in the same way. I was afraid that if I wasn't with someone, who am I? Like I was defining my personality. I was defining my character by the person I was with and not defining it as myself. So when I would get into new relationships, a part of me would change, but then at the same time, I would be exhibiting the same behaviors. But in most of my relationships, if not all, um, I have been infidel. Oh, what's the word? Infidelious? Oh, girl, I just made that up. <laughs> I've exhibited <laughs> infidelity, right? So yes, yes. Uh, in that way, it's like, all right, even though I was jumping to new relationships and feeling, you know, different, I was still exhibiting the same habits. So as a result, I was kind of, sabotaging myself because once again that validation whenever it came from anyone else outside of my relationship i would just you know be drawn to it without mm -hmm. even factoring in the consequences or who i was hurting and all these things because i was just trying to suck all, all that up like you know like a balloon and you know so fast forward you know after this relationship though i started dating someone else you know this year now more than ever i've learned the importance of having that space for self and really taking an actual break. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's why I think a part of me has not necessarily rushed into another relationship though. I, you know, I like company ever so often, but realistically, yeah. like I know that having that time for self, taking a step back and really understanding me more 
you know, mm-hmm. is now is now something that's a priority for me. Especially now with quarantine and everything else, you know, I've been kind of dealing with um, a lack of intimacy. And it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. sex or anything, but it's just more the proximity to somebody. And, yes. and just going through those motions of, well, you know, we're all been kind of cooped up inside for so long. And, and granted, like earlier in quarantine, you know, um, when it was... Not to say when it's more acceptable to be outside, but yes, I have gone on on dates and stuff like that. So it's not to say that I've never experienced that in this past year, but now as things are kind of settling in, it's getting a little colder. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? People are are going to be a little bit more (laughs) uh, prone to stay inside and stay to their own selves. So now I'm kind of preparing mentally and emotionally for that that chapter of, okay, well, people aren't going to be going out as much. I won't be able to have Mm -hmm. proximity to people as much. And... Now, how do I kind of deal with that? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And granted, you know, though I'm not ready for a relationship right now, that intimacy is something that, once again, it doesn't have to be physical in the sense of like like sex, but just the, the proximity to someone in an intimate way, whether it's like, oh, we watch movies together or just cook something or, you know, something mm-hmm. to that effect, right? Where you're sharing experiences yeah. with someone like that's, that's the part that I feel like it's going to be lacking a lot in these next couple of months. And I'm just trying to figure out in the sense of my fear, like, how do I deal with that? I get that. Um, I, I want to jump back to your point about cheating because I don't want you to bear the brunt of that. Um, that is one of the ways that I was trash in the past in past relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at that point when I was operating from selfishness, if I was done in the relationship, I was done. You know, there right. was like this countdown to the official breakup, but if I was <laughs> done, I was done. <laughs> and that means that I'm out doing whatever with whomever. You know, uh, sometimes, I don't think Joy said it often on the podcast. I know she has once, but, you know, she refers to me as the move on queen. <laughs> the move on queen. <laughs> yeah, move on queen. You know, it's like one of them. I used to be that person, you know, grass don't grow under my feet, baby. I don't have time. I got to keep it moving like a shark. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and you know, and I can't even say it was me being a serial monogamous because there are times when I didn't care about being in a relationship. It was just me moving on, period, because I was done. Right. Um, so I can't say that I've ever been the person to cheat and still be in a relationship with you. Like, oh, I got to figure out now if I'm going to tell you the truth or live with this guilt, you know, that I cheated. It was like, nah, fam. I mean. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, we good. If I cheated, that means we're done done. Exactly. Okay? The two weeks have already been put in. Uh, I don't know where you, you know, are <laughs> in your career, but I'm about my my resume is back on LinkedIn. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not going to ask you for a recommendation. That's fine. <laughs> you know, we'll use you as a reference. Uh, actually, I've already been hired on here. You know, or you know, I'm 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 good doing this temp work right now. Right. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's it's definitely not it's not um. I can talk about the times that I've cheated because I know why I did it. And it was from brokenness, Mm -hmm. but you know, um, I should have been just, Hey, look, this is over. Now I've had certain situations where I wanted to break up and the other person did not want to break up. And so it's like, 
no, 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 no. See this? This is this is already happening over here. <laughs> so this thing cannot exist anymore. Okay. But you know, and now as we go into COVID, it was easier pre-COVID to go from that relationship into the next relationship because you know we were out here we were out here in these streets so it wasn't hard to to meet somebody but i will say living in oklahoma city period it is hard to meet people Mm. because you know some of these people they've been together or they've known each other since high school and you know they got married and and that that um other than that it's Military people, military people, I'm going to tell you because I'm retired Air Force. We fast forward damn near every relationship we get in. So sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And so people in my age group are just not available like that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've run into a couple of just old fools out oh, here. And, uh, but I can tell you, uh, I've never been one to date in my age anyway. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, my last relationship was two years ago. So at that time I was 45, he was 28. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just the thing that I do people, you know, I don't like that, that cougar label because I'm not out here prowling for men that are younger. For sure. Yes. It just happens. Girl, I, I believe you. <laughs> it just happens that way. Like, <laughs> You set your little it's trap, not- the young little man just walks by, hey, little boy. No, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, you know, you want some candy? Right, right, right. You know, it's not that <laughs> at all. It just happens. And I don't know people's age, you know, until we get to talking. And then you have to make the decision, do I just want to write you off because of this thing? Right. Or do I want to give it a shot? Um, me, I'm, I try to always be open. Sometimes I just automatically am like, nah. Because my last boyfriend, that was not our first attempt. The The first attempt was two years prior to that, and he was 26. He remembered that conversation. I did not. But oh, I was wow. basically, basically like, get lost, kid. You know. <laughs> get lost. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess he scram. felt away about that for a long time. <laughs> you hit him with the scram? Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Beat it, kid. You're bothering me. <laughs> now, is it is it that... The, the people of your age, do they act childish? Is it kind of like older man, younger mentality type deal? Yes. So the last 40-something man that um, I had a conversation with, because it didn't last past one conversation, told me that because I was a feminist, what? I would be irrational. I wouldn't be able to look at a thing logically, oh, whereas he would because he's not, I'm always just going to automatically take the woman's side, you know? And so he had to think about that. I was like, bro, of all the ignorant shit that you've said in the last two hours that we've been talking, now you are unsure about me because I'm a feminist. Gotcha. (laughs) Number out of my phone that day. Yes. Expeditiously. It's like, how are you over? Okay, you know what? You know what? That's fine. You be you. I'm going to be me. That's cool. Um, My friends, they do find it strange. I've never had sex with a man in his 40s. And I'm almost 50. Wowzer. And it's never happened. 
That is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> they are out here talking about the difference um, in sex with men from when they were in their 20s, the men, right. and, and what it's like having sex with men who are 40 and up. And I'm like, can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what y'all girls are talking about. Sorry to that right. man. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> I guess it must be nice, but. <laughs> right. Uh, sorry. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> it's Why enough, are you doing it then? <laughs> funny, funny enough, I've had an affinity for older women myself, not by choice, just by circumstance, because in mm-hmm. most of my circles, I happen to be, well, now, well, more in the past. In the past, I used to be the younger of most circles. So somehow, I guess the older women were drawn to me. And it's not like a significant gap. Um, it, it, there was a few cases where I've I've dealt with some 40-year-olds. When things start flowing, you know, you kind of get into the mm-hmm. groove. But for the most part, it like looking on the outside, I don't think that would have been necessarily my first choice. And engaging with these people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You had a function, the liquors is flowing, the person's oh, yeah. looking good, vice versa, all of a sudden, you know, the sex. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that is what it is. But realistically, I usually would be drawn or I would have relationships with people at the time that were older than me. And probably just by a couple of years, probably like, you know, three, four years for the most part. Uh but in those situations, I guess a fear of mine in those dynamics were like, oh, I might be too young. Not even just too young, but maybe I'm too immature for this person. They're going to see me in a mm-hmm. certain way because, you know, I have like a childish, not necessarily a, well, I have a childish personality about me in a sense of like, I'm playful, you know, I'm exciting. I mm-hmm. like to do things. Not necessarily childish as in I can't comprehend or I'm not relatable or I'm just you know, difficult, so to speak, right? I think in certain cases, you know, especially, well, with the one bad relationship, I would say, (laughs) the one bad one, because all my my current exes now, like, we're in a good space, but there's the one, as we all know. (laughs) We always have the one. But in that um, relationship, I think age definitely played a role because, you know, she saw certain things in a different way, and I was pretty much carefree, you know? Like, I, I had a carefree part of me that, didn't necessarily have the same woes that she had. So as a result, you know, our age definitely played a role in the relationship a little bit, amongst other things. But yeah, I mean, at a point where it's like, though, you know, I'm, you know, you're, you're attracted to who you're attracted to, but that fear mm-hmm. of like, okay, well, I might be too young to this person. They might see me a certain way. They might see me as automatically immature just because I'm younger. And it's not necessarily the case. Age in a certain case does not determine maturity, right? Because as, as you've seen, <laughs> you have all, you have these 40-year-old, men are acting like they're 16 and you know in the mm-hmm. trap is going down and then you probably see like the 20 something year old that is more mature and more you know well put together so you see those disparities there right and i tr- yeah. tell people all the time that age and growth are two different things <laughs> like <laughs> it's true it's tr- you know and the thing is maturity comes from not aging but wisdom mm-hmm. you know i i discovered uh so Anthony was significantly younger than, than me. Um, probably, I want to say like seven years, maybe. But he'd been through some things and those things to help to shape who he was. Right. And so him being, you know, mid to late 30s, um, the age wasn't a big thing between us. And he, trust me, he definitely always was the man 
in the relationship. It wasn't anything about, oh, she's an older woman. And that never came up, right. period. Because he was, <laughs> I hate to say it, but he definitely was more mature than me because, <laughs> you know, I'm this big, goofy, nerdy girl Same. all the time, you know, and I've always been that way. Uh, now, you know, my, my kids would probably tell you something just a little bit different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna tell on you <laughs> yeah they're gonna tell on me but you know for the most part i mean i am it's me i'm goofy 24 7 i do goofy shit you know i still play air guitar sometimes whatever i still have you know shower concerts um <laughs> i just like to do the fun things and i guess so i like someone who brings that same vibe right out of you no yeah. matter what their age because please believe me there are men still who don't have the ability to just have a conversation period right you know if you i will delete you over a wyd text oh, so boy. fast oh no if you cannot speak to me in sentences, <laughs> and I'm talking, I'm not talking after, you know, this has gone on for a while. I'm talking right off the bat in the very beginning. This is the tone that you're setting. And, and so how you start is how you finish. So if you start with the WYD, I already know it's not going to go up from here. Right. And see, at that point, you have to hit them with the W-Y-D, which means, would you die already? Would you just die? Because <laughs> would you die? I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm I'm not here for the W-Y-D bombs over you know, and over. <laughs> I'm tired. Right. Now I'm you're a whole tired. bot. Now you're a text bot. Good job. <laughs> now I have to yes. now I have to text you stop <laughs> to stop right? receiving these <laughs> messages. All caps for sure. Right. Stop. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and then that's, that tells me like you aren't going to know how to date me properly either. Mm-hmm. And and that's been another thing. Um, it just over the years, you see the guys who, you know, and unfortunately, you know, Netflix made that worse. Oh boy. Yes. Now you want to come over to the crib or you want me to come over to your crib, but more often than not, because I'm a mom, you want to come over to my crib because right. you're assuming that I'm cooking something and I'm going to cook for you. It's like you all of a sudden go into this space where I have to be your nurturer. Right. I don't even know if I like you. Mm-hmm. And you want a you free meal and my Netflix? Right. All right. Uh... Well, the meal is $30. My Netflix is $12.99 a month. So... <laughs> You just cash at me. Thank you so much. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I'll give you the uh, the at-home discount. So, <laughs> with tips. Right. Taxes. Well, that'll be forty-seven fifty. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't have time for that. You know, you still have to treat me like a woman, it, especially if you want me to respect you and interact with you like you're a man. Come to me like one then. Mm-hmm. Don't come to me like a grown child expecting to be taken care of. For sure. Because I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that at any age. I, I didn't want to do that at 25. I definitely don't want to do that at 46. For sure, right? And and it's funny, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's 
I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a fear for any person in a relationship. Like, you don't want to raise your partner, right? And, yes. and especially, like, girl, you already have kids. Why do you need another one? <laughs> Are we adopting children now? <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, is the state going to send me a check? Right, right. Can, can I write you off? <laughs> Absolutely. Nobody wants to be a part of that. And you kind of tickled on a fear um, when you're talking about, but just, you know, for me at least, I have a fear that I can't be my authentic self with the person mm -hmm. I'm with, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm always kind of nervous about when it comes to getting to know someone new, where it's like, all right, if I give you all of me, because, you know, so, just like you, I can be goofy and silly and, you know, exuberant, but if I can't give you all of that and you receive it and kind of play off of that, then, you know, I'm afraid now we're afraid in a loose term, but I'm afraid yeah. that it's like, all right, if I can't even be my authentic self with you, then how is this going to pan out in the relationship? So now I have to kind of curtail myself to kind of fit your narrative. And I've done that a lot in the past and, you know, mm -hmm. I can't afford to do that anymore. That's been a recurring thing in relationships for me is when guys get with me, because there's only been maybe three guys that were there for just me they wanted whatever their fantasy of me was you know and it's like well i'm that but i'm also this multi-layered multi-dimensional person for sure um part of what happened in my last relationship was i have to be strong for you all of the time i don't get to have emotions i don't get to be vulnerable in all the ways that I need to be. I can only be vulnerable in the way that you think I should be. And that's just not gonna work for me. And it, it's like, you know, a, I mentioned I'm from South Memphis. So sometimes you will hear that. I, I don't have time to have my grammar correct all the time. <laughs> I, I, I don't wanna do that all the time. And I don't want to work to smother my accent all the time. And yes, I'm very intelligent and I'm very educated. But sometimes you get country ghetto me right. and the grammar ain't 100%. Deal with it. Don't make an issue out of it. Right. Just let it be what it is. <laughs> let me be you. what I am. Yeah, I'm still me at the end of the day, you know. You, if you love me, then you love that part of me too. Right. And if, if you don't accept that, that girl that, especially when I go home and I'm with my family, it's just all country. It's just all bad. You know, it's all tequila and hangovers <laughs> and rowdy and loud. Same, you know? same. My family's all about drinking and screaming. <laughs> and it's yes. not just screaming, it's just conversation. <laughs> You know, you, you got to love that part of me too. And then you have to, you have to be able to reconcile that person with the person who, who meditates, who is introspective, uh, who self-reflects quite a bit, who can sit and talk to you about self-care and digging deep and transcending and because they're all the same person. I'm multifaceted and, and you should want that in a person. I don't want you to be one way all the time because there's, there are several things that are the core of me that you will always get no matter what you get out here. You're always gonna get love from me. You're always gonna get support from me. You are always going to get 
that person that's going to be there from you. You're always going to get that from me. So let the other shit go. And it's funny enough, one, another fear that most people are, are afraid to admit is that they're afraid to be loved, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're afraid of love. They're afraid of what that comes with. They're afraid of someone getting too close. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like that's all a part of building a relationship with someone. They're going to have to get close. And you're going to have to put your walls down. And yes, yeah. sis, sister or brother, we have all been hurt so much in the past. Sometimes we have the wall all the way up. <laughs> you know what I mean? We yes. put our own Trump walls around us. You know, no no <laughs> reference noted, but, you know, we put our walls around us. And when it comes to someone that generally wants to penetrate those walls, pun intended, um, <laughs> you know, and, and break it down. <laughs> We have to learn to break, to kind of give ourselves a way to kind of loosen the, loosen the bricks up and allow someone in, right? Because yes. once again, we take all that hurt and we carry it with us just like our baggage, right? So when anyone else that's new that tries to come in, nope, deflect, deflect, deflect. And it's just like you're, you're hurting yourself in the process, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not opening yourself up to that. And, it, it, you know, that comes with trauma, that comes with working through it, that comes with all those things. To continue, I just want to read through some articles that I found about some fears. I'm just going to rattle them off. Uh, this article is called The Five Fears That Keep People in Unhappy Relationships. And one is the fear of loneliness, as we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. The fear that you're not attractive to anyone else. We talked about that earlier, too, where it's yeah. just like, I don't feel like I'm attractive enough. I don't feel like I fit that person's standards. Uh, the fear of not knowing who you are. Once again, we just mm-hmm. talked about that. Not knowing yourself, like not knowing mm-hmm. yourself and getting and trying to get into a relationship is counterproductive, right? <laughs> because That's disaster already. Exactly. If the person is seeing things about you that they like and you don't see it, where it's like, oh, stop lying. You're just lying. You're yeah. just trying to do all this. It's like, all right. <laughs> Might need to go back to that mirror, get some Windex, clean it a little bit and, and look harder. Because... <laughs> right. And accept yourself. Accept the good parts of yourself. Exactly. Because if you can't accept all of you, how do you expect anyone else to? Right? Yes. For sure. Uh, fear of judgment, including your own. See, that's what I was talking about earlier. Have big fear mm-hmm. of judgment. And um, the last one, uh, this last one is fear of the future. And that's something that I certainly was very afraid of at a certain point. To the point where, you know, um, after going to therapy and talking about it, uh, my therapist told me that it was an irrational fear. Right? Because the future mm-hmm. is going to happen regardless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Theory. And yeah. it's like, do you sit there and feel afraid of it? Or do you prepare for it? You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, that's that's something that a lot of people face. Some other ones from this other article say fear of, fear of abandonment, which you talked about. That was a fear that you had. Uh, a fear of not getting our needs met, right? That's mm-hmm. something that we experience mm-hmm. a lot where we feel like it's only one-sided. The relationship is only one-sided and it's not reciprocal. That's something you that know, happens all the time. And, and to speak to that point, mm-hmm. um, if if people take a look at the arguments that they have with their partners or have had with previous partners, that's what you're arguing is the fear of not getting your need met. And that's why you argue so vehemently is because you're trying to say, I'm afraid you won't meet this need. And they're trying to say, well, now that's why you get defensive. I'm afraid you won't meet my need. And you have to kind of let that go and communicate and just say, this is my need. And I feel like it's not being met and then give them an opportunity to meet it. Because if you, if you haven't communicated that that's what you need, then 
you can't expect them to just have ESP and, and know that. Yes, we have to get rid of the Miss Cleo nature of our minds. Yes. Where we feel like we have to read everything and we telepathically are supposed to relay messages. Uh, Technology is yes. not that advanced yet. So <laughs> until that happens, we got to stop. You got you to gotta be vocal because, yes, someone loves you and you can't be like, well, I mean, if you love me, you would. No, be transparent. Vulnerability is something that a lot of people struggle with so don't people don't ever feel like it's just you that that you are afraid to be vulnerable in your relationships but that's what you want a place to be vulnerable and you're not going to know if your partner can give you that protection that you want without testing that and that's just being open and then a little bit more open and then a little bit more open you know sometimes we break our own hearts mm. by offering up too much up front because we want the relationship to work and we want a partner. We want to give love and receive love, but you do have to pace yourself with people until you know that they can be that rock that you need. That is an excellent point because for me, and I think my role in the relationships that have kind of went left is that I gave, 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 gave. Mm -hmm. And when it came to someone trying to give back, I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like, this is a one-sided thing. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't do the receiving, you know, I'm the giver. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Yeah. Giving me affection, love? Oh, no, stop, stop, stop. I'm not used to this. Right. And it was, and a part of me, once again, was so caught up with the fact that, oh, I have to give to this person or I have to you know, show myself in a certain way. And if I don't, they're not going to love me or they're not going to receive me the way that I would mm -hmm. like to be received. So I have to keep up all of these appearances or keep up all of these standards of what they would want from me in a relationship to the point where mm -hmm. I was in certain cases, literally bleeding myself dry. Right. And yeah. when someone was trying to return that favor, it it's to this day, it still kind of surprises me when someone decides to do something nice for me or, you know, do something with me in mind or kind of go out their way because it's just like, mm -hmm. whoa, I, I just never imagined these things or I never put myself in a position to receive. I think that's the yeah. real answer. Right. And I, I think for me, when it comes to relationships, I have to take a step back and realize, all right, I don't have to do everything. It's okay. If my partner pays for dinner this time, or it's okay. If they decide they want to make something for me, or it's okay. If they get me a gift, Right, I have to be receiving of all those things and not be afraid of them seeing me in a certain way if I don't do enough or give enough or you know yes. provide enough. You know, yes. that's something that I certainly have to get over. So that's certainly a work in progress. I totally agree with what you're saying. And, and the last one on this list is um, a fear of not being good enough, which I feel like most people kind of yeah. you know usually face in most yeah. cases. So to kind of um, wrap up, uh, how do you feel like we need to overcome these fears? Are they irrational? Is fear in a certain case a good thing in the sense of like protecting ourselves in case something does happen? Like how do we manage these fears to where they're not crippling? You can protect yourself without operating from a place of fear. Give, time, give people time to reveal who they are to you. I'm not saying that they won't still be able to trick you because... You can't know every single thing about a person, For sure. but pay attention to the signs, pay attention to any red flags. Don't 
compromise what you want. You do not have to compromise what you want, <laughs> you know, to have a relationship. People will tell you that, oh, girl, you, your standards are too high and this and that. No, no, no. You should have high standards. In fact, go don't higher. Have, <laughs> yeah. Don't have unrealistic standards. Right. There is a difference. Figure out what that looks like for you. But don't operate from a place of fear. You know, allow yourself to get to know a person. Allow them to get to know you. You may find that, you know, they're great overall, but it's just not for me. And, and that is okay. Be okay with that. But protect yourself. There's in the Bible, you know, you talk about the circle, you know, the outer circle is like this, the inner circle is like this. And then you've got this little bitty circle on the inside. That's kind of how you have to do with that relationship. When you meet this person, they're here, they're in the outer circle. Right. You know, and then as you get closer, bring them in, in the inner, but always protect that very middle, that very core until you know for sure that this is your person. And, you know, we have to, we have to get to a place where we stop breaking our own hearts. I think it also comes down to a little bit of patience, right? Yeah. Especially now with, you know, I mean, this year more than ever, and certainly, and I just take this year as an example, because I think in the sense of our senses and, and everything, our, our anxieties, our likelihood, it's been completely challenged this year, right? Mm -hmm. So now more than ever, I feel like, and especially me, I feel like I've developed a level of impatience to where it's like, mm -hmm. I need to understand how things are now because you never know what's going to happen and all these things. But there still has to be a level of patience when it comes to getting to know someone because if you don't take that time, then you're just going to rush into disaster, right? Yes. And, yes. you know, it's important to know that you know, it's, it is going to take a bit of grace. You have to give people grace, you know what I'm saying? Cause you we're do. all kind of going through it. And even outside the context of this year, you know, you're, you're getting to know someone and it's intent versus impact too, right? With, mm -hmm. You have the intention of getting to know somebody with the impact that, you know, you two are going to kind of merge together. Right. But then it's also the context that, all right, you have to be patient with yourself to know like, all right, this is the right time. You know, I'm able to receive this person. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not afraid of opening up. And, and all these things are a factor. And if there's one thing that's off, then you have to realize, all right, not the right time. It's okay to get to know people. It's okay to kind of yeah. make, you know, connections. But know in yourself what you're ready for and prepare for it. I, I was I actually, one of the revelations that I came to recently is that, you know, you might ask for something and it might not, it might not be delivered to you in that moment, but put yourself in a position and prepare yourself for when it does come. Right. Yes. You know, so, that's and, and that's the same way you have to treat relationships. Don't prepare for it in the sense of like, it happens right now, prepare for it in the sense of like, it is coming. And when it does come, you're ready for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something, that's a lesson for me personally that I'm going to try to implement. Cause you know, it's instant gratification these days. You want something now you want the person yes. that you know to just get you off the bat. Like yes. it has to be instant and that's just not how yes. people work. You know what I mean? It's just not how people work. So you have to put yourself in a position to where when the right person comes, you're ready for them. You're prepared. You're in a space where you can receive them and you both could, you know, get together properly. And you know what? Uh, I want women especially to receive this. You do not have to struggle with a man first to get 
is love. Mm. You do not. Do not let these men have you out here thinking that you're bougie or you're stuck up or you're high maintenance because you want him to come prepared already to be with you. Right. It's okay. You know, there is, there is a thing about being equally yoked. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's a real thing because if you're not, it's, it's truly not going to work. So you know, you don't have to struggle with a man because I see these things, these memes and shit flying around yep. <laughs> Instagram all the time. Girl, you don't need to sit on his air mattress and play PlayStation to prove that that you're not high maintenance or 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 whatever. Right. If you bougie, okay, be bougie, girl. Right. Demand that like, bed frame. You know, <laughs> demand that bed frame, sis. Demand that dresser. <laughs> like you deserve. <laughs> Like we all deserve. <laughs> and because if he wants to be with you, if he doesn't already have those things, if he wants to be with you, then he will go out and get. He will do what he has to do. Correct. And that is another thing. When a man wants to be with you, you do not have to question it. Absolutely. You will not have to question and it. And he will he show will you. Obvious. Yes. He will show you. And and men and men speaking for men, men should not have men should not be afraid of changing themselves not for the sake of trying to compensate for the partner but change in the sense of like growth right yeah. you know it's yeah. it's okay it's okay to it's okay to put yourself in a space where you're open to change right yeah a lot of men get yeah. very comfortable in where they are and when they feel like a woman tries to come in and not even it's not even to say like change their character or change who they are in, mm -hmm. innately it's more like, hey, you know, it'd be nice if you like sprayed around the place a little bit or clean yeah. or, you know, probably <laughs> pick up a, a trade or something like, you know, yeah. those type of really basic things. And men like, oh, no, she trying to change me and who I am. She didn't want me to do this. It's like that's probably more than likely that's your insecurities that are that you're projecting in the relationship and mm -hmm. you feel like, all right, you shouldn't have to move. You should be like a stone monument when it comes to that relationship. Yeah. Yet at the same tune, the man is expecting the woman to do A, B, C, change D, E, F, conform to E, F, G, yep. and all these things. And we'll it's like, where's it. where's the balance? Where's the reciprocity? What are we doing? You know what I mean? And and yes. that's and that's something that I don't know if it comes from fear or pride, but men need to be in a position where they are open to change for the betterment of themselves and the relationship. Because it makes no sense you sitting there with half draws on, you know, watching the game, and then your girl is doing her thing, A, B, like ABC, like cooking and having a job and all these things, and you're just there like, yep, my baby accepts me for exactly who I am, a whole bum. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> that's what you want in your resume? Really? Like, that's what you're bringing to the table? Absolutely nothing? Right. You're not even at least bringing a leg? <laughs> like. <laughs> You got some napkins, anything? Right. The, the table's mad wobbly. <laughs> only got three legs. You don't even have a screwdriver to say, let me screw in the fourth. Just like, all right, girl, well, we'll just stack it with some books and make it work. Like, you, you got you to gotta <laughs> no. put yourself in a position to yes. be open to change and not be afraid of necessarily, once again, changing your, changing your ways or changing your habits. Because, once again, it's not just about you. You're with someone. You're building a relationship where you're building a rapport, you're building um, a future with someone, right? Yeah. And, and and it's okay to change for the sake of the relationship in those regards, right? And now, if the person, once again, is trying to change you innately who you are, if someone were to say, 
oh, Keontae, I want to change you, and I don't like your nerdiness, or I don't like your attitude, or all these things. Now that's that's a part where it's like, all right, you got to relax. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's not going to happen. I'm not conforming to what you would like to see from me mm-hmm. in a relationship. But if it's something that's going to be bettering you, like, of course. I'm all about open cr- criticism and critique and stuff. I'm not afraid of that. And and nobody should be either. So we have to differentiate those two and and really just stand up in you know, what the potential is for a good relationship to flourish. Yeah. You know, I mean, we want to be the best version of ourselves in mm-hmm. our relationships. If your best version is I'm comfortable operating from a place of I'm not growing. I don't want to grow. I don't want to do better. Well, then find somebody that matches that. Right. Don't ask somebody to come down to where you are. Absolutely. And then you two can have a grand time in a cardboard box right behind the 7-Eleven and everyone's happy, you know? Have fun. Wish you well. Wish you the best. (laughs) (laughs) Wish you the best in whatever journey that takes you, you know? But but nobody else should be able to, you know, demean their standards for somebody else in that regard. And, you know, in general, I think the takeaway here is, you know, once again, don't be afraid to express yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself. And don't be afraid to ask for what you want in a relationship. Yes. And girl, I'm talking to me too. <laughs> I, I yes. also have to, you know, like hashtag men have standards too, right? I think <laughs> I think a lot of men feel like, oh, they're not capable of having them because it's mainly, you mainly see in most of your circles, it's the women that are talking about their standards, but you mm-hmm. never hear much men do that. Men, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to express your standards as well because everyone deserves, but you deserve to. Yes. You You absolutely deserve to, you know, because men, I think they've disconnected from the truth that they are the backbone to our families, you know, and so yes, please, by all means, have your standards and be vocal about them and be strong in them and stand in the fullness of that. It's okay. We don't want to, I know I personally don't want to just offer you any old thing. And I don't want a man to be content with me giving him any old thing. Do not be with anyone that's going to stop you from eating that slice of cake. That's really it. Yes. <laughs> Woo, honey, let me tell you. Because <laughs> oh, like my cake slice is thick. Thick and, well, creamy. Okay. That went in a different direction. Woo. All right. Well. <laughs> that's a different show. <laughs> You get what I'm trying to say, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, But all that to say, um, I just want to thank you, Keontae, for being on the show. Really, really appreciate you. This was a great conversation. I am just happy that I was able to get you. Once again, I follow you on Instagram and you're hilarious. So it was just great to have you on the show and get your thoughts. And yes, tell the people where they can find you and listen and, you know, check out the other two BCs of the three BC. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore Keontae underscore show because I do try to put on a show. Um, You can find the podcast at 3BC Podcast on Instagram, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere you can hear podcasts. Yeah, on your preferred podcast platform. So please go check Keontae and her crew out. They got some good episodes. Take a listen, support. You know what I'm saying? Everything black. I'm rooting for everyone black. Come on, you know the vibes. Everybody black. Especially <laughs> these days, rooting for everybody black. And speaking of black, black people, because by the time this comes out, you know, um, the voting is coming up, right? <laughs> Please go out and vote. 
Uh, no, once again, I have my own sentiments about voting in itself, but I'm not against us using our voices to represent. So please, if you got to stand in line for six hours, seven, eight, nine, ten, do not let these people stop you from exercising your right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So go and vote, vote in person, vote over the phone, online, whatever channel. Train a bird to send in your boat, vote for you. <laughs> like whatever. Send a raven. Right. Whatever you got to do. Do magic, conjure up something, but get those ballots in because once again, uh, these days, everything counts and we are in desperate times, girl. <laughs> like the Marvel movies, we are, we are getting into the end game. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all please don't vote Thanos back in the office. Yes, please. Yeah. We don't need Thanos. I mean... <laughs> Low key is, is like we already experienced a snap already, so you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's do your do your life and everyone's life a favor and vote for uh, not Trump, <laughs> like, not Trump, and not Kanye, <laughs> not Kanye either. Please. Let's oh, let's please just don't. let's just do right by our people and and make sure that we're getting out there and exercising the right to vote. So please, 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 very very important. Like we said, uh, you know, we were kids when you play a game. Uh, Trump already had his go. It's our go. Word. Yes, he had his fun. He had his great four years. The worst season of Celebrity Apprentice I've ever seen in my life. Ooh. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Let us not get, I, I don't want to rerun. Don't want to reboot. Don't want to. Re- <laughs> no. I don't, don't need season two. Season one alone was too much. <laughs> like, you know, let's, let's, let's. Let's everybody's fired. Let's let's fire. Let's get him out of here. Because <laughs> I am over it. <laughs> right. My cup runneth over, boo. Oh, for sure. But once again, thank you, Keontae, so much. And once again, make sure to listen to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. That's Spotify or SoundCloud or, or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at SI Podcast and on Twitter as well. Also, if you have any questions or advice for the show, please email sophigpodcast at gmail.com. And at some point, I'll be listening to your questions and giving you some answers because, Keontae, I think you've probably seen, I, I can give some advice. I, I got some sound you words. Do. You do. You I, do. I mean, you know. I'm, I'm not Ileana out here, but I can fix someone's life for, for what it's worth. <laughs> and it's for free. It is for free. Come on. You know what I mean? And it's very polite. You know, that's that's one thing I have to say about you is um, every time I've seen you, you're, you're always very polite and very level-headed. And I was very impressed. Oh, thank you. Because but... you, you know, you don't know with strangers on social media how they will receive you right. when you give them feedback or whatever. And, and some people on social media are a little wilder than others, but I do my best to treat to everyone like... the same. <laughs> Baby. That's, that's, that's another show as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll slot you in for an, another episode about that in itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, thank you, everyone, for listening. And I will check you all next time on these interwebs and everywhere else. All right, y'all. Later. Definitely sophisticated ignorance, and I'm fucking with it. <laughs>